0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. They weren't known for their prophecy updates.
1: They weren't known for the size of their church. They weren't known for the pastor of their church and all the books he had written and how famous he was and well-known he was. They weren't known for any of that. They were known for their faith. Would to God. That we as believers would be known for our faith despite the adversity.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of First Thessalonians. Today, Pastor J.D. discusses how faith is not an easy thing to maintain. There will always be storms in life. And if you think your faith won't be tested, you're mistaken. But even though God has promised trials, He's also promised to be with you through them. Faith weathers all storms because God is there to weather them with you. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: I'll have you turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We'll begin in verse 8 and we'll make it through to verse 10 to the end of the chapter. Really looking forward to this text, have been for quite some time as I think you'll see why here in a moment. Paul is continuing his letter to this church there in Thessalonica, and he says verse 8, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves, verse 9, report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the true and living God, and, verse 10, my favorite part, to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us, from the coming wrath. So I chose to title today's teaching Still Ready for Jesus to Return. And I chose this title for a couple of reasons. Chief of which is that this is what characterized the Christians there in Thessalonica. Specifically that of their faith and their readiness for the Lord's return despite severe suffering and persecution. So, to me, the question is this What was it about these Christians there in Thessalonica that kept them remaining so steadfast? and in this state of the anticipation of the Lord's return do you want to know that i i do this is one of those places in god's word where you have to ask yourself that question the first question that really should be asked is why did god deem it necessary to include this passage in our bibles in other words it had to rise to the level of being inspired and it had to be important enough for God to inspire the Apostle Paul to write about this in his letter to this church. By the way, remember, this is the first letter that Paul ever wrote. I hope you understand that in our Bibles we don't have the chronological order We have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then we have the book of Acts. And then we have first and second Corinthians. Then we have Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, which we just completed. And now we're in first Thessalonians. This is actually the first letter that the Apostle Paul had written. So it's here for a reason. And I believe the reason is, is because God wants for us to have now what they had then. And the text that we have before us provides us three ways that we can be ready and stay ready for the rapture. Do you believe that the rapture could happen at any time? It can. The first way is in verse 8. And It's that of not giving up hope and losing faith in the Lord. I'm struck by what Paul said to them in verse 7 about how they had become examples, role models, if you prefer, in Macedonia and in Achaia. So much so that this is what they had become known for there in that region in the Greek peninsula. This is what they were known for. They weren't known for their building. They weren't known for their prophecy updates. They weren't known for the size of their church. They weren't known for the pastor of their church and all the books he had written and how famous he was and well-known he was. They weren't known for any of that. They were known for their faith. Would to God that we as believers would be known for our faith, despite the adversity, despite the persecution. You know one of the most uncomfortable verses in the Bible to me is where we're told that those who want to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I don't want to hear that. Do you want to hear that? You know, it's not a popular topic. You'd be hard-pressed to find a pastor in the pulpit today that talks about adversity, persecution, affliction, suffering. But what if it's actually suffering, adversity, and persecution that becomes the very thing that grows and strengthens our faith. What if that's the only way? Isn't it true that it's during times of affliction that God gets our attention? I'll take it a step further and say that it's also during times of adversity that we really want the Lord to come back, right? I mean when things are going good you just glide and abide. But boy, when adversity strikes, oh Lord! This actually ties into the second way, and it's found in verse 9, and it's that of turning from sin and turning to the Lord. Here, Paul makes mention of all the reports that had spread throughout the region about how they had turned from the sin of idolatry, which was really prevalent in that day. Let me hasten to say idolatry today is prevalent as well, just in different forms. But apparently news had spread about what they had done in turning from their idolatry and turning to the true and living God. So again, I want to couch this in terms of how and why. What was it that caused them to do this? Turn from and turn to the Lord. Answer, you ready for it? (laughs) Suffering, persecution, affliction. That's what turned them to the Lord, which in turn grew their faith in the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 67. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, says something quite stunning, really. He says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. In other words... (laughs) Were it not for the adversity, were it not for the affliction, were it not for the hardship, were it not for the suffering, were it not for the trials, I would have went astray, become distant from the Lord. But thank you, Lord, for the affliction, because were it not for that affliction, I would not have turned to you and turned to your word. Where else am I going to turn? Have you ever thanked God for the afflictions and the trials and the sufferings in your life? A few verses later, listen to what he says. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Stay with me. Here's what affliction does. It turns us from and turns us to the Lord and His Word. And then when we get into the Word, the Word gets into us. And is that not how faith comes? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I want to say this carefully, because I don't want you to misunderstand me, but the problem that God has, not that God has problems, (laughs) but you understand my meaning. The problem that God has with us is He knows that we're prone to go astray, get far away from Him. And when times are good, that's when we're more prone to do that. So now how is He going to, this is the problem, how is He going to get us back to Him and to His Word, that we might grow in our faith? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what's he going to do? Oh, he's going to do what David is thanking him for doing. He's going to do what David says was good that he did. It was to afflict him. This church was afflicted. This church was persecuted. I've. Said it before, I guess this is as good of a time as any to say it again. But if you want to grow the church, persecute the church. You know, I was thinking about this this last week actually. Do you know where the church is growing the most in the world today? It's where the church is persecuted the most in the world today. I don't say that to lay a heavy trip on anybody. But I think a lot of times our problem is, is that we have it too good. Go to China. Go to Iran. (laughs) Iran. Who knew? God knew. There are some places in the world today, as we speak, if you so much as mention the name of Jesus, or invite somebody to one of your underground meetings, you're gone. You're put in prison for the rest of your life, you'll never see the light of day. Just a mention of it. And it's good. It's good for me (laughs) that I have been afflicted. Isn't it true, and wouldn't you agree, that the times that we grow the most and learn the most are during those times of adversity? That's when God's got our attention. And adversity has this effect of forcing us to loosen our grip on this world and the things of this world. This world's not our home. God did not create us for time. He created us for eternity. I suppose you could say that this is another problem that God has. Not that God has problems, but (laughs) the problem is, is that we get too comfortable down here when things are going good. We're not thinking about eternity. Certainly not the Lord's return. I mean, if the Lord were to come back, truth be made known, we weren't actually ready. We're too caught up with the cares and the affairs of this life, so that when that time comes, when we are caught up, rapture, harpazo in the Greek, we're not ready. And that's the third way that I want to spend the remainder of our time on today, and it's that of being ready for the coming of the Lord. Notice with me in verse 10 what Paul says. Do you know that he's referring to a pre-tribulation rapture? Well, pastor, you're, you're pretty dogmatic about the pre-tribulation rapture. Yes, I am. The rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. And this is what Paul is referring to, and he's going to refer to it again in this first epistle to the Thessalonians. He's going to get somewhat specific concerning the rapture when we get to the second epistle to the Thessalonians. But he's referring to a pre-tribulation rapture when Jesus rescues us from the wrath that is coming upon the whole world. I always get a kick out of well-intentioned Christians who, of the believer who believes in the pre-tribulation rapture will say something to the effect of, you just want to escape. (laughs) You think? What, you don't? I want to be rescued from the wrath that is going to be poured out on this Christ-rejecting world? Have you read Revelation chapters 6 through 19. You should. Do you want to be there for that? I don't. There's something here that can be easily missed. And it has to do with Paul using the word wait. As you wait for the Son to come from heaven, Jesus, to rescue us, from the coming wrath. The problem is that it suggests that we just have to wait and sit around and just wait for the Lord's return. That's not what Paul is saying. What he's saying is that we're to be making preparations as we wait. It's a preparation with great anticipation. I like how one commentator said it. The idea of waiting for Jesus to return doesn't imply apathy. Rather, it carries with it the idea of a pregnant woman readying herself and making preparations for the baby to come. And in the Gospels and in the Epistles and in the New Testament, the analogy that is used in comparing the return of the Lord to a woman waiting for the coming of her baby. What's she doing? Oh, she's just not sitting there. Well, the ninth month she is. (laughs) But she's getting the nursery ready. She's getting herself ready. With great anticipation, she will make the preparation. And that's what Paul is saying. This is why it is so important to occupy until he comes, by being busy about the things of God. Which, by the way, makes the time go faster. Think about it. When I'm just waiting, oh, I hate to wait. That clock, so, okay, I'll wait, I'll wait. Look at the clock, okay. It's been one minute. I'll wait a little bit longer. i am gonna look back at the clock, I'll look back at the clock. Please let it be later. Okay, it's only been one more minute, <laughs> seems like 15 minutes, seems like 30 minutes, seems like an hour. What's that saying? A, a, a watched pot never boils? Right? You're watching, you're just, you're waiting, and it just seems like it takes forever. Let's flip it around. You know how that other saying, time flies when you're having fun? Right? Do you see where I'm going with this? When you're busy, time flies. Where did the time go? Oh my goodness, would you look at the time? Don't look at the time right now. Where did the time go? I was so busy about the things of God. I'm not dogmatic about this, but I do wonder about this. You know when Peter says that we can speed His coming? Now commentators are all over the place on that, and I wonder if what he's saying is, the busier we are about the things of God, it'll make the time go by faster and speed His coming. Whereas if we're (laughs) just, you know, waiting for the Lord to come, I mean, time just goes on and on and on and on. I want to close with this question. Am I living my life in such a way that I'm as ready today as I would still be if it were not ten years from today? Some of you are looking at me going, 10 years? Are you kidding me? You're killing me. You think we have 10 years? I don't know. No man knows the day or the hour. But here's what I do know. We're to be ready. And to be ready is not just to sit idly by, doing nothing, making time go by slow. No, it's waiting in the sense of, I better get busy. The baby's coming, so to speak. Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. And I need to get ready. My wife and I have shared this before. We, we were unable to have children for 10 years. Doctors told us it's what they call inexplicable or unexplained infertility. We would get pregnant, lose the baby in the womb, one in the second trimester, very painful, very hard. Ten years. And when we got pregnant with our firstborn son, I mean, we started getting ready. And boy, am I glad we did. One thing we did, well, first of all, the nursery. I mean, we had this thing. Isn't that something how before you have children, you are the perfect parent (laughs) <laughs> then after you have children, you question your salvation, <laughs> You question, certainly your sanctification. But we got that nursery ready. It was the excitement, the anticipation. I want that same excitement, that same anticipation, because the Lord is coming back. And one final thought, just because He hasn't come back yet, Doesn't mean he's not coming back soon.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast east prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at com. That's office at com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor JD and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. La, la, la.